Each one of the group records has kind of a special story around it and the circumstances that surrounded, you know, the context that we made it in and the actual recording itself, the way the tunes were written. But the record quartet kind of is uh, an especially unique case in the sense that it was planned and written and sort of put together in a relatively short period of time as the group records were going around that period. We had been making these more and more elaborate type records as we sort of were inclined to be doing um, uh, musically. You know, the group has always been about finding a balance between composition and improvisation that seemed to suit our interests. As the years were going by, there was something about the way the basic band played together that had developed quite a bit that I think that the records like Still Life Talking and First Circle and Letter From Home, you know, reflected that growth. There was a, another thing that was coming out in the way that we were playing together live that maybe wasn't as apparent. Maybe it wasn't a priority in those records, but that was something that had to do with the way we were improvising together and especially the way we were listening to each other. And it seemed like it would be a valuable and viable idea to just take the core of the band, I mean, as elaborate as the group has gotten over the years with extra musicians and sort of all the things that have happened in the back line part of the group, at its core, the group has always been a quartet of guitar, piano, bass, and drums. And the three principals in the band, myself, Lyle Mays, and, and Steve Rodby, have been playing together and had been playing together at that time for many, many, many years. So the idea was to sort of focus on the core of the band and put some music together in a very quick and spontaneous way. The whole process, I think from beginning to end, from the time we started writing the music until the time the record was actually done, was just a couple of weeks. We did it very quickly. The result, I think, is something that kind of filled in the blanks a little bit in that period of the group's development. The actual music that we came up with for that record was a kind of mix of pretty loose form stuff with a fair amount of free improvisation. And the improvising part, the just pure playing part of it, was really exciting and really an incredible amount of fun for us. We've, of course, played so much music that was was and continues to be highly structured that I think that kind of thinking even brought itself to the 
just free playing, as I was hoping it would. And we kind of made a, a few sort of orchestration decisions early on, the main one being that we wanted to not use electric keyboards. We wanted to, you know, have a variety of keyboards available, but none of them, with the possible exception of a clavinet, which is a, an electric keyboard, but that is based on an acoustic principle of there being an actual string that's ringing. Basically, no synths was kind of the thing. And we did gather a, a very interesting collection of instruments for Lyle to kind of have at his disposal. One other thing that was going on at that time, which is now no big deal, but that was the first recording that we had made and that actually one of the first recordings made period that was a full 24-bit recording, meaning that uh, the fidelity of the recording process was going to be extremely high in a, in a multi-track format. There had been two-track 24-bit recorders, but um, they had just come up with this thing to make it a 24-bit multi-track recording. So we, we were kind of writing with that in mind, like thinking, okay, we have to put all these really cool upper extensions into the chords in order to justify the use of the 24 bits, but uh, that was more just for our own uh, launching padness of it all. And, um, you know, the, the compositions range from being very detailed. The first tune on the record is sort of a short but almost completely written out piece. It's kind of serves as an introduction that kind of set a harmonic tone for the for the record too in that it wasn't, you know, really conventional type harmony as as a sort of basic palette. We were drawing from, you know, lots of different sources, you know, from wide range of color possibilities with our instruments and that seemed to be the the feeling that that the record was going to take the fun that we had doing the free playing was enhanced by the snippets of material that Lyle and I wrote together and also um, separately it was an enormously fun project and and the fact that it started and began in fairly short notice was made it reminiscent of the records that were on ECM that had preceded it in earlier years not with that exact band it was a different drummer at that time but you know all of those records were done very very quickly usually two days and a day to mix afterwards this wasn't quite that quick but it, it kind of followed that same sensibility There's lots of high points on the record for me that really reflect the individuality of all of us. And in particular, I think it's a, a record where you can really hear Steve Rodby play in a way that, you know, it just hasn't come up that much for him on one of our records to play in quite the same style. And he sounds amazing on this record. The way he plays on a track called Dismantling Utopia, which is a free tune, is just so cool. And, and you know, one of the other things we did for the session was to rent some different instruments and I think on that track Steve was playing a different bass um, that he got from a, a bass shop here in town tuned in a different way and he just plays some really cool different stuff.
And throughout the record, Paul Wertico sounds fantastic. In, in, in many ways, that's probably the record that suits Paul's personality and Paul's spirit the most of the recordings that he did with us, um, you know, as a band. And he really rose to the occasion and played spectacular, great, beautiful stuff all through the record. Of course, Lyle too, uh, you know, he and I are both a little bit in the same boat in that we get so much of a sense of satisfaction from, from writing. And in the context of the group, oftentimes the playing is sort of just something that we do that, we, you know, we're happy to do and everything, but it's not the priority in, in the same way that the writing is. And, you know, Lyle plays some fantastic stuff, his solo on When We Were Free, which is a very simple, almost kind of blues form, uh, is one of my favorite solos he's ever played. And for that solo, one of the other things we did is that we had, you know, of course, his regular, you know, really fancy hip, you know, Steinway piano, but we also had in the studio a really out-of-tune, crummy spinet piano, and he kind of played both of them at the same time, which gave it that great detuned, uh, very unique effect. As far as the guitar stuff goes, like with the keyboards, the idea was to, you know, really explore the acoustic 
possibilities. And I had all these, you know, very unique Linda Manzer guitars that I use in various different forms, but I use them in, in many ways on that record that I've never used them quite in that way before. Used a lot of e-bows and weird tunings and a variety of things and limited the electric stuff to just the conventional electric guitar with one exception, which is the, you know, the Roland guitar synth, which is an instrument that it's kind of hard to even know how to categorize it. It's something uh, so unique and so special and somehow does conjure up an acoustic spirit in, in, in its in its tone and just seems to have a place at this table as well in the tune language of time wound up uh, where the Roland was the right answer for what that tune was asking.